number seven, Stan Phillips. Good morning, Mets fans. How you doing? Happy Monday to you. Well, it finally happened. The Mets lost the series, dropping two out of three to the Seattle Mariners. It had to happen sooner or later. Uh, Mets made a valiant effort, but they still came up short, eight to seven. Thought maybe they might rally and pull off another miracle. Despite the two-run ninth inning, the Mets pitching was largely ineffective. And we fell to the Mariners 8-7 out in beautiful Queens. Like I said, the loss also marked the first series that the Mets did not win or split this season. Now, Francisco Lindor, he hit a moonshot yesterday. Uh, he got to Robbie Ray early. And Robbie Ray was a, put in a gutty performance. He didn't have his best stuff, but he was hanging tough and gave the Mariners some innings yesterday. But getting back to Lindor, he launched a two-out fastball to the second deck in left field. It's his second home run of the season, batting from the right side, and his third straight with an RBI in the first inning. Now, Carlos Carrasco began the game with two easy innings helped out by some poor Mariners base running. In the third, however, Carrasco pitched in some trouble after giving up a leadoff double. A single put the Mariners on first and third with no one out, but Carrasco incited a double play to get two outs, but Seattle scored a tying run on the ground ball. The fourth inning is where the wheels fell off the wagon for Carrasco. After giving up back-to-back -back singles, he walked the bases loaded. Mike Ford hit a sharp single to right field to score two, and then Abraham Toro drove in another run with a sack fly to put the Mariners up 4-1. to Now Starling Marte continued to heat up as he hit a two-out double down the left field line at third, with Thomas Nito on first, which is why he didn't score. Unfortunately for the Mets, Lindor struck out to end the threat. The Mets would bounce back after Carrasco's tough fourth inning. Following a Pete Alonso single and Mark Hanha walk, J.D. Davis hit a triple down the right field line to cut the Mariners' lead to 4-3. to three. Following an Eduardo Escobar walk, Jeff McNeil flied out and Nito struck out. However, Brandon Nimmo gave the Mets back the lead with a stand-up triple. Now, Carrasco came out to start the fifth would not finish. After getting a fly out to start, Ty France hit a double to chase Carrasco. Jason Shreve came in to get the Mets out of the inning. All game, Carrasco's fastball was up, and his off-speed stuff had a lot of plate, which led to eight Mariners hits. Carrasco's final line was four and a third innings on 77 pitches, four earned runs, one walk, and just two strikeouts. Now, the Mets asked to carry a big load after Carrasco's short start. They let the game slip away with an ineffective inning, outing. A six-inning solo home run by Julio Rodriguez off Shreve tied the game at five, and Drew Smith gave up a two-run shot to Cal Raleigh. Both balls were hit very, very hard, and Rodriguez came out in the seventh and gave up an RBI. Joey Rodriguez, I should say, came out in the seventh and gave up an RBI single to let the Mariners build an 8-5 lead. Now, Colin Holderman, who pitched very well in spring training, if you remember, was called up after Tyler McGill was placed on the IL, and he had a very effective first outing. 
giving up two hits and striking out one in his inning of work. He was the only Met pitcher to not give up a run. The Met offense didn't fare much better after their four-run fourth inning. The team did not get another hit until after that inning until the ninth when the Mets mounted a comeback. Escobar tripled. Maybe that will wake him up a little bit. He's been in a funkadelic lately in the team's third of the day. Three triples in one day. And with one out in the ninth, and McNeil drove him home on a single to cut the lead to 8-6. to six. Patrick Mazika continued his uh, great ways since coming up. He came in for Nito earlier in the game and singled up the middle to bring in Nimmo. Nimmo would score on a double to cut the lead further to 8-2. to two. With Mazika on third and Nimmo on second, Marte struck out. When Dorr was intentionally pitched, walked. Uh, intentionally, I should say, to pitch to Alonzo. And on a 3-2 pitch, Alonzo could not hold up his swing on a slider and was called out by a first base umpire. And that's a tough way to lose the game. Now, here are some audio highlights of the, the game for you. I hope you enjoy. Now, here are some of the audio highlights from yesterday's game. Hope you enjoy. Deals the 2-1 to Lindor. Gets one in the air to deep left field. Winker takes a look, and that ball is out of here. Into the second deck. Francisco Lindor unloads. Weary for the safety squeeze here. Winter not looking for it, though. Raleigh hits a double play ball. That'll get a run home. Returned by Lindor for the 4-6-3 double play. Toro scores to tie the game. 3-2 coming to Ford. And he drills one down the right field line, and that's going to bring in at least one. Crawford is in. Winker right behind him. He'll score. It's hit toward the gap in right center. Long one over for Nimmo, tagging at third Rodriguez. Nimmo makes the catch. Rodriguez will come home with the third run of the inning. Takes one the other way toward the right field line. And that's down for a base hit. Alonzo around third. He will score. Canna being waved around third. Mishandled in the corner by Souza. Canna will score. Throw to third. Not in time. A two-run triple for J.D. Davis. Brandon rips one down the line. That's a fair ball. The Mets will take the lead. Davis is in. Escobar right behind him. Nimmo's trying for three. The relay throw will not be made. Nimmo with a two-run triple. And the Mets lead it five to four. watches this one sail out of here. Cal Raleigh with a long two-run homer to give the Mariners the lead. And he hits this one through the vacated space and into right field for a base hit. Winker around third and heading home. He'll come in to score. Second RBI of the day for Julio Rodriguez. And now it's 8-5 to five Seattle. Trying to have the Mets their first series loss of the year. Escobar, though, drills one down the line, and that's going to go into the corner. Escobar's going to try for three. The relay throw by Frazier, not in time, and the Mets have their third triple of the day. McNeil hits it hard, base hit. In the score is Escobar. 2-2 to Mazika. Back past the mound, behind the bag, it goes into center field, and everybody's safe. 
swing. Did he go? He went around, and the ball game is over. He tried to hold up on a 3-2 slider. Could not stop the swing. He's punched out by Chad Whitson, the first base umpire. And the Mariners hang on by the skin of their teeth to win this one 8-7 and hand the Mets their first series loss. Well, there you have it. The highlights, the lowlights, whatever you want to call them from yesterday's game. I was at the game. It was quite entertaining. Uh, seesawed back and forth. Uh, two great pitchers, Carrasco and Robbie Ray, really didn't have their great stuff. We were expecting a pitcher's duel. It just did not happen. Uh, but that's baseball. And sooner or later, the Mets were going to lose a series. Let's get it out of the way. Now we got to focus on the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are going to be one of those teams fighting for their division at the end of the year and uh, be one of the wild card teams. So uh, things aren't going the way we want right now. Uh, it's not the end of the world. Uh, we do have some injuries piling up, but like Buck Showalter says, they're not going to wallow in the pity. The Mets have been bitten by the uh, the injury bug of late. Uh, after Trevor May, triceps, he's already lost for months. Uh, Sean Reed Foley underwent Tommy John surgery. James McCann fractured his haymate and was... Uh, placed on the 15-day IL, and Tyler McGill biceps inflammation was placed on the 15-day IL. Now, injuries are part of the game, and nobody feels bad for you when they happen. And that's something Buck Showalter understands. Uh, the Mets kind of knew stuff like this was going to happen. And uh, I always say when something like this happens, it gives others the opportunity to rise up and shine. Like, for example, Tyler McGill, he got his opportunity when the ground went down. So hopefully the Mets are deep enough that other guys can jump right in and uh, take hold of what's going on and uh, fit right in. Uh, the Mets are a team that have been fighting. They're battling. Even when they lose, they're battling in the games like yesterday. They just never quit. It came down to the final pitch again yesterday. Uh, and basically when there is a little adversity, you get to see who the leaders of your team are. And uh, the opportunity is going to be there for Colin Holderman. Uh, like I said, he pitched very, very well. He was probably the best pitcher in spring training at well. The Mets, although he had limited innings in spring training, uh, they're still in a good place despite the injuries having come their way. Uh, they finished Sunday with a five-and-a-half game lead still on the Phillies for first place in the NLE, so nobody in the National League has taken advantage of this. And that that's a good thing. Uh... And here's a little clip of Tyler McGill on his situation. Or get worse, so it's taking a day at a time right now. Yeah, pretty soon, for the most part, a few days off, and then let it die down and start the build-up process again. It shouldn't be too long. Yeah, that's what was really strange about it. It seemed like lower intensity, more discomfort, higher intensity. It wasn't too bad, so... They didn't really like the signs of it, whatever the reason was, so shorten it now and get it dealt with now than trying to throw on it or something like that and risk it being a couple months injury. I was worried just because I've never had, like, obviously discomfort or, like, I know what soreness feels like and whatnot, but obviously this wasn't that, so obviously I was a little freaked out about it, but... Obviously, the results came out really well, so not too bad. Not worried. First time with bicep tendonitis, yeah. 
I mean, they're going to keep going out and doing their thing. Everyone's pitching well. So, I mean, it sucks for me being on the sideline, having to watch, and obviously not pitch. I mean, you see them going out there, and they're throwing well, you know. Obviously, me coming off my last outing, you know, seeing them pitch well, you know, it gives you energy as well to, you know, want to get back out there and do the same as them. So, it's going to suck for now, but just get better day at a time and just get myself ready to come back when I can. So there you have it, Tyron McGill with his latest update on his injury. We'll miss him, uh, but somebody will step up, and we'll just see if they can do the job. That's just the way baseball is. Now getting back to Cookie Carrasco, he just didn't have his slider yesterday, and that's his key weapon. Uh, he had been sharp in his previous two starts combined to allow two earned runs over 14 and two-third innings over wins against the Braves and Nationals, but on this day... Uh, this day, I should say, he unraveled in the fourth inning, and the Mariners loaded the bases with nobody out. Mike Ford stroked a two-run single, and the Abraham Toro sacrifice fly put the Mets in an early 4-1 hole. Now, Toro's leadoff double the previous inning had led the Mariners to a scoring run, to scoring a run, and Carrasco was moved after allowing four runs on eight hits and one walk over four and a third innings, and Buck Showalter had hoped to get Carrasco through the fifth. Uh... And it looks like they're trying to get everything they can out of Carrasco. Uh, he really wanted to fish the fifth inning. Uh, and he's a team player. Uh, you're just going to have bad days like that. So I think Cookie will bounce back next year. Next uh, start, I should say. I hope he bounces back next year, too, to be honest with you. That would be even nicer. Uh, one of the other things happening is Colin Holderman. Now, he was at breakfast yesterday when he received a message from Farm Director Kevin Howard that he was needed by the Mets on Sunday. With AAA Syracuse on Sunday at Scranton-Wilkes-Barre, the right-hander stopped at the ballpark to collect a few belongings, then took an Uber to City Field, arriving before the first pitched. Now, summoned for his Major League debut in the ninth inning, Holderman allowed two hits but pitched a scoreless frame against the Mariners. Now, it takes the thought process out of it, just getting thrown in there right away, said Holderman, and he was fortunate enough to throw up a zero. Holderman impressed the Mets during spring training with a fastball that sits in the 95 to 99 mile per hour range. He really tried to go out there today and not throw as hard as I could, as he could, he said, because you could barely feel your hand. There was so much adrenaline. I was trying to throw some strikes and was fortunate to do so. Now, after the Mets lost that game, they did get a chance to unwind and catch out Catch that brilliant hockey game between the Rangers and the Penguins on Sunday. The team had a suite for the game, and several players hurried to dress and depart following the game at City Field. Brandon Nimmo and Francisco Andor were among those headed to MSG, and hopefully they brought them some luck because the Rangers won, and that was the good thing about the New York Sports Day. The Rangers won and are now advancing to play the Carolina Hurricanes. Way to go, Rangers. Now we're going to go to Pete Alonso and his uh, feelings and outtake on the uh, bases loaded. I wasn't on it. I, I wasn't really sitting sitting on any particular pitch. I was just trying to see if he would throw uh, anything over the dish. And with bases loaded, um, it's pretty tough to lay off some of those good sliders. Um, and you know what? He executed extremely well there in that situation, and, and good for him. I mean, it's. I mean, that was a tough, tough AB, especially ripping those sliders in there and. Um, I mean, good, good for him. He executed. 
I didn't think so, but then, like, after a while, kind of thinking about it, I, th I thought maybe I went a little bit too far. I tried to hold up. Um, originally, it looked like a strike. Then saw that it wasn't going to be. I tried to hold up, but, again, umpire um, thought I went. So, uh, oh, well, got to move on tomorrow. I mean, we've we've been playing extremely, extremely good baseball, and that's something really to be proud of, and we've had an amazing start, and uh, we got to do whatever we can to um, keep playing well. I mean, it's it's been in a, a very fun season so far, and um, let's we got to get back on the horse tomorrow. You, you can never count us out. I mean, you got one through nine, you got a bunch of guys with uh, great approaches and um, a lot of talent. So if you combine that together, and uh, you can never count us out of, out of any game, especially especially late in the ball game. I mean, he, he executed, and and sometimes like even though it, it stinks, you just have to got to tip your cap. And I mean, he executed extremely well, and, and he beat me. Simple as that. I mean, I was excited. I was really, really excited um, because for me, I, I love being put in those pressure situations, and um, I love I, I, I love that, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And for me, I mean, he he executed. So I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it, it stinks to end the game that way, especially on a on a pitch I was trying to hold up on, and uh, it would have put us in a really good spot. But oh well. I mean, you gotta gotta move on. I mean, I feel like that collectively we've been doing an extremely good job swinging the bats. It's just um, I, I feel like that we're uh, we're almost there. You know, I feel like once we once we kind of get. Uh, going full tilt it's gonna be it's gonna be extremely fun so there you have it there's pete and what what i like about pete is his honesty and upforwardness about everything uh, he tells it to you straight and that's a good thing like i said i think pete is quietly emerging as one of the leaders on this met ball club now one of the guys i thought would be lending a little bit more juice to the ball club is eduardo escobar uh, he was one of the many additions the Mets made this off past off season. While the team continues to play winning baseball, the veteran infielder has yet to get it going this season. In 32 games, the 33-year-old is hitting a meager 202 with one homer and seven RBIs. However, it's his most recent slump that has many wondering if a change or at least a break from the lineup is necessary. Now, let's face it, every guy goes through a slump and it's been frustrating for him. I think the Mets know he's capable of a lot better. It's one thing to say don't swing at a pitch, but you don't get a hit without swinging. Guys want to get in there and want to bat and get it going, and he's guilty of wanting something too much right now. I think he really is pressing and he's trying too hard. Uh, Showalter has even come out and said that Escobar was on the verge of getting out of his slump, and he had good at-bats last week, but still he is struggling. Now, over the last week, Escobar is hitting 1 for 26, 042 with an OBP of 115 and has struck out eight times. That's about as bad as it can get. Now, oftentimes when a hitter goes into a prolonged slump, they sit for a day or two to refocus and try to get their swing right. Aside from a recent day off this past Thursday, it's against the Nationals, Showalter and the Mets have yet to give Escobar a lengthy stay on the bench. Now, Showalter was saying that Chavez, the hitting coach, and he... We're talking about it a couple times, and if you're going to work on something, which he's been doing every day, they tried not hitting at all. Tried a lot of hitting. He's not the only one. We tried a bit of everything. But that might be the next step. Just give him a couple days off. Showalter was quick to add that Escobar, while struggling at the plate, continues to bring a lot to the Mets each game, namely his defense and leadership. And that is a good thing for Escobar. He is a pretty good defender, and that means a lot. Uh... I always say defense is just as important as offense. 
So there's a certain presence that he brings to the ball club in the clubhouse that you can only get by playing, and he'll figure it out. Escobar is 0-8 in his first two games of the Mariners series and is in the lineup Sunday. With a four-game series against the Cardinals coming up next, if the veteran doesn't pick it up offensively soon, there may be a different lineup. So we'll see what happens uh, going forward with Escobar. Now it's time to celebrate some Met birthdays, shall we? Uh, first up, we want to say happy birthday to Rube Walker, who would have been 96 today. Rube was part of that legendary Met pitching era of the late 60s, early 70s, where one great arm after another was on the team. And Rube probably had as much to do with the success of the Mets as Gil Hodges, Tom Seaver, and the rest of the Met pitching staff. He was a great pitching coach, and to this day, he's revered in Met history. Happy birthday to Frank Seminara, born this day in 1967. And happy birthday to Gerard Riggin, born this day in 1974. Happy birthday to all of them. Now, on this day in 1967, the Mets released Ralph Terry. And on this day in 19, uh, 2017, I should say, they signed free agent Neil Ramirez. So those are your Met birthdays for today in transactions. Uh, hope you... Uh, Recall all these things happening. If not, we just refreshed your memory. And that's some of the things we do in our group, the New York Mets Baseball Way of Life, uh, on Facebook. If you're not a member of the group, please do join. There's great stuff every day on that site. Uh, great members, and you really should be a member. And if you're not subscribing to this podcast, you really should. You're updated every time one is uploaded, and we do one a day. Uh, so check that out. And if you ever need to read me, I'm at philstan41 at gmail.com. I handle all requests, (laughs) suggestions, comments, whatever, good and bad. So don't be hesitant to send me a line like some of you already have, and I appreciate that. Now we're going to do today's Met Trivia and Jeopardy question of the day. Uh, Who's ready for that? Our Jeopardy question of the day is... As always, two clues drafted from Cincinnati Reds by the Mets on October 10th, 1961. And he appeared in Game 5 of the 61 World Series for the Reds against the Yankees, retiring Cleet Boyer and Bud Daly, the only two Yankees he faced. And today's trivia question is... Are you ready? Okay, it's a coming. And here is today's trivia question. Uh, what Met pitcher set an MLB record by pitching in 118 games before recording his first win, but won his first appearance against the Mets? Lock in your answers, and we'll be back later to tell you how you did. So lock them in. And now we're going to talk about a little bit more about what's going on in the group. Uh, I'm sure you all want to know what's going on. Like Marvin Gaye said, what's going on? Dan Wiener mentioned that uh, he promoted another med group, fans of GKR, and you do want to check that out. I'm a member of that group, and it's great stuff, great people. It's been around a long, long time. So check it out. It's another great group to go to for your med needs. And then we noted it on this date in 1983 in 11-4 Row of the Pirates. 
rookie right fielder Darryl Strawberry at his first major league home run. A two-run round trip off Pittsburgh's Wee Tunnel at Three Rivers Stadium. The trouble Mets outfielder, the eventual franchise leader with 252 homers, will hit a total of 335 during his turbulent 17-year career with the Mets, Dodgers, Giants, and Yankees. Then we noted that uh, day eight years ago yesterday, Jacob DeGrom made his major league debut. Remember that when he pitched against the Yankees? That was a fun day. Uh, and all kind of stuff, all kind of stuff. You just have to check it out every day to check it out and be a member. So please do, and we look forward to seeing you in the group. Well, that's going to wrap up another Met podcast for today. And we're going to tell you once again today's Jeopardy and give you the answer. Drafted from Cincinnati Reds by the Mets on October 10, 1961. This is the first clue. The second clue is appeared in Game 5 of the 61 World Series for the Reds against the Yankees, retiring Cleet Boyer and Bud Daly, the only two Yankees he faced. And once again, the trivia question was, and uh, if you've been watching the Mets lately, you should be able to get this one. Let's see if you have. I know a lot of you watch the Mets religiously, so you probably got this one. What Met pitcher set an MLB record by pitching in 118 games before recording his first win, but won his first career appearance against the Mets? Well, the correct answer is Paul Seawall. And Kareem Haywood was the first in the group to get that one right. So congrats to Kareem on uh, another correct answer he's gotten in Met trivia. He's a good one when it comes to this. So that's going to wrap it up for today. we got a four-game series beginning today. Looks like the rain will probably let up by game time. The game is on SNY, and we'll be here to talk all about it tomorrow and all the other good Mets stuff we normally do. So check it out. You'll be glad you did, and we'll talk again tomorrow. Take care, guys.